Welcome to Time Out with Troy on 101.9 FM. Hello everyone, good late afternoon, and welcome to Time Out with Troy. I am your host, Troy Langstaff. Today on the show, I am joined by, for the second time this year, none other than Mr. John Spotton. John, thanks for joining me today. Glad to be here again. Uh, love Kingston, like I said last time. Yeah, let's get it. Let's get it going, sports baby. All right, great transition there. Thanks. So today, John, you and I will be talking a lot of NBA, much like we did a few weeks ago. We'll talk about J.J. Watt, much like we did a few weeks ago. And then maybe, all time permitting, we'll do some baseball because spring training just got underway. But first, John, on this day in history, back in 1976, the San Francisco Giants are bought for a whopping $8 million U.S. million by Bob Lurie and Bud Herseth. Wow. And just a quick little stat here, the principal owner of the team, the principal owner of the Giants right now is 88-year-old American billionaire Charles B. Johnson. He bought the team back in 1993 for $100 million. But right now, Forbes has the San Francisco Giants valued at $3.1 billion, which is fifth in the MLB. Can you name the four teams that are ahead of the Giants, John? Oh, God, I'm going to take a wild guess. It's probably the Yankees, Dodgers, Red Sox, and Cubs. That's just a wild guess. That's totally off the dome. I don't know. That's uh, incredible. It's almost like you're reading it right off of the internet. Yeah, you wouldn't. (laughs) You would. Okay, so in fairness, I would have got the three. Not only did you guess all four teams, you guessed them in order as well. So, moving forward into some NBA news, John. The All-Star Snubs, I specifically asked you last week if you wanted to join the show to talk about some NML or NBA players that you thought were deserving of a spot in the All-Star game that did not get an All-Star game uh, selection. Hmm. So, go ahead. The next few minutes are yours. And just, uh, you know what? Go nuts, John. Uh, well, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention someone of the likes of Fred Van Vliet, who not only has been a solid, the the rock solid starter for the Raptors, who are currently 17 and 17 in the East. And uh, that's pretty remarkable considering their start to the season, which was uh, uh, putrid. Well, they and, have like two wins in their first 10 games or something. They started out two and eight. They've come back. They've won fifteen and nine now. Um, and Fred Van Fleet is pretty much he's a huge reason why he is the ultimate successor to what Kyle Lowry is in Toronto. Everything he does on the court, they're base. They're almost like the same player. Lowry's a bit of a better playmaker, but you know Fred Van Fleet's defense has been incredible all year. I think a lot of people have been saying all defense for him. Uh, he's leading the league in steals and he's got all these advanced stats for him too that make him like a top five player in the NBA. Oh, that's a hot take. Yeah, it is. Well, it's it's not really a take. I don't think anyone actually thinks that, but there's stats that back up that he is. Okay. I don't know. There's crazy stuff all year. Like, I'm um, uh, sorry, every year that kind of go that will just have one player that is you would never expect to be in the top five. 
Anyway, so Fred VanVleet's a big one. You can say Pascal Siakam if you want. I thought he started off too weak. Like he just had, there was too much of the hangover from the playoffs for him. Right. Uh, I get maybe not a hangover, but a holdover from how poorly he played in the playoffs. Uh, but he has picked it up a like insane amount in the past month where he has looked like that player at the start of last season. His defense has been incredible too. And then uh, another non-Raptor in the East, I think, would be Bam Adebayo for the Heat. The Heat are kind of in a similar situation as the Raptors, where they didn't start out great, but Bam has been like the only rock-solid starter for them. And uh, I think I probably would have had him over someone like Nikola Vucevic, even though Vucevic is having a great year. Just the Magic aren't very great, and I think you should reward the players on winning teams before you reward a like a guy like. Fusevich, no, no offense to him. He's a great player, but uh, yeah, no, I think that's a good point. That's a fair statement to make, especially like if your team's bad. Yeah, like clearly that player. Yeah, I think there isn't really doing enough. But like, I mean, NBA is because I think NBA, the NBA is one of those sports where you have like a star player that can really make a difference and bring your team. Yeah, you know, move your team up in the standings five or six spots just from that one guy. Yeah, and I think I mean the rest of this team is perfect like of course you're gonna have durant beal definitely should make it even he's an exception because the wizards were they have picked it up recently but they were they started off really poorly but his numbers are just insane so insane where you know if you're averaging like over 30 points you're definitely an all-star it doesn't really matter and he's really not the problem with that team that team has that team has a rust problem uh (laughs) and uh and then Sorry, just, yeah, the rest of the team makes sense. Like, even Zach Levine and all that stuff. Like, I get it. And Re- Julius Randle, it's good to see a Nick in there. Yeah, you so. mentioned the uh, the starters. And just for the sake of mentioning them, to finish off the 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 East there, Kevin Durant, Giannis, Beal, Joel Embiid, Kyrie Irving, do you have any, um, would you make any changes to the starters? No, I think it all makes sense, especially, like, Joel Embiid is probably the MVP candidate, like top uh, MVP leader right now. Uh, Giannis, of course, is going to be a starter. Durant was going to be a captain. And uh, no, Beal, maybe not Kyrie just because of his absence. But I don't really know who you put in at the guard spot other than maybe maybe Jalen Brown, but he kind of fell off since his incredible start. And I don't really want to reward James Harden as a starter either. So yeah, I think, I I mean, there's nothing really to complain about here. It's, it's a pretty standard, like all-star team for the East that is. Yeah. And now for the West, you have LeBron, Steph, Luka, Jokic, and Kawhi. Again, Mm -hmm. all names that are you're very familiar seeing in the all-star game do you have any problems with the starters on the west no the starters again like it's you can't really go wrong any year really and especially this year uh i think there was some problems maybe with dame not being a starter damian lillard uh but luka Doncic is a very worthy all like all-star starter and damian lillard i mean i he would i think he just missed it as a starter so it's not it's not the end of the world. And plus that guy, like he's, he's got so many accomplishments now that I don't really think he cares. And I don't think anyone else cares. He's still an all-star and kind of, I, I would imagine a top five MVP candidate. And uh, 
No, Steph has been insane this year. His numbers, again, he's just like, he's having another MVP year. And LeBron, again, putting up LeBron numbers, of course. Kawhi, <laughs> uh, quietly. That's what Kawhi- I was just going to say that too, quietly. Yeah, he, quietly, he's actually like, I mean, for himself, who's just quiet, but he's also just had an MVP season as well where he's looked insanely good, but just no one... I think people are just kind of over the Clippers. Like no one just, no one cares about them right now because of last year and they're kind of the most hated team. So, but yeah. And Jokic, of of course, too, another MVP candidate. So, yeah, I agree with you. Um, You know, way more basketball than I do, but seeing the names, I don't really have any problems either. When I was doing my research, I guess you could call it. um, I think it was an ESPN article said that there's a record of, five international players that have been voted NBA All-Star starters, those being Giannis from Greece, Luka from Slovenia, Embiid from Cameroon, uh, Jokic from Serbia, and Kyrie Irving from Australia. I did not know that Kyrie was a, had a dual citizenship. Did you know that? Uh, I was familiar with it, yeah, but I don't, like, you, no one really, I don't, it's not something that it's not like Australia is a part of him, really. Like he doesn't really bring that sort of like, like culture about him. It's not like he's like representing Australia or anything. Like he's played for Team USA and the Olympics. And yeah, that's what I was gonna mention. It's sort of, yeah, not. It's not something you think of when you think of Kyrie. No, it's it's kind of misleading, but it is, it is good to see though that it's a it's a know. stat. <laughs> It's a stat. That's a that's a that's a number. Yeah. And also, just finishing that, the previous record was four, which was set last year. I was about to say that, yeah, because Pascal Siakam was a starter, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, I think so. He's also from Cameroon, right? Uh, yes. Giannis, I believe, is also he has heritage there as well. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, Giannis. It was Giannis, Joel, Luca, Pascal, and was it Jokic last year? Can we confirm, or you would know? I wouldn't know, John. You know more basketball than I do. It's uh, one quick Google search away. I see you typing away. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll uh, I'll get IT on this. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> um, but while you look that up, we'll we'll take a look or we'll transition into the the All Star festivities. I noted in my notes here that I have an issue with the amount of players that have been sitting out of the festivities. Um, I know the NHL penalizes players like they suspend them or fine them if they don't participate. I don't think the NBA does that. I think they should start doing it. Uh, The reason I think that is because in terms of the dunk contest, the three players that are participating in the dunk contest, I've heard of two of them. Like I'm a casual fan of the oh. NBA, and I've still only I don't know one of the guys that's doing it. There's, I I don't even Obi Toppin, Obi Toppin, Obi Toppin from the Knicks, Afrene yeah. Simmons from the Blazers, never heard of him, and then Cassius Stanley from the Pacers. Yeah. So you had guys like Zion, Anthony Edwards, the the number one pick this year, Miles Bridges, and Alex Caruso of the Lakers, all declined invitations to participate in the dunk contest. I understand why they wouldn't want to do it because of, you know, travel, like the weekend in Atlanta, it's like a, it's a whole weekend, right? You have to travel, you have to fly there and, you know, participate and then fly home. And 
I get that part. But at the same time, like, why not? Like, other than that, what are the reasons not to do it, you know? Well, uh, the NBA, like the slam dunk contest has kind of been trending this way for years. And yeah, notably this year is is definitely weaker. Like, and and I, and I think this kind of goes to a bigger problem with the weekend. Like, you kind of just need some names in there to get anyone to watch. Like I'm, I'm with you. Like if I'm not, if I'm not into the NBA as I am, and I saw that dunk contest, I wouldn't care. Like, I don't care how good Anthony Simons is at dunking. I don't, I don't care at all that he's in it. And same with Obi Toppin and uh, Kasha Stanley. Like there's guys, I, what I don't understand is, so you're trying to eliminate as many as much people traveling as possible. Why couldn't you just get some guys that are in the all-star game to do the slam dunk contest? Exactly. I was like, going to bring that up too, because I know the NHL, they select who participates in the events based on who is an all-star. Right. So I agree with you there. Yeah. And I think, and I think this year would have made way more sense. And I get you kind of need guys to commit to it, but like, is it seriously that hard to get at like three guys from the all-star game to commit to that? And like, it's not like you need to prepare all that much really, especially for this year, like who even cares? And I don't know, I guess it's also a good way to show off some of these younger guys like Obi top and Anthony Simons. And I can't speak for Kasha Stanley. I've, know him by name but i can't say i've watched much of him but obi toppin and anthony simons are both talented guys both really young promising players and if this is a way for them to kind of get their name heard a little bit like good for them but i don't know it's just like every year it's been like this for the past like 10 years like jeremy evans won the dunk contest i think in like 2011 or something that guy didn't even like he didn't even play another I don't even know if he was in the league two years after. Yeah. <laughs> and and Hamadou Diallo won two years ago. He's on the Thunder, I think, still. Like, <laughs> I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But this is, yeah. No, the dunk contest, it's a shame what's happened to it because you look back and you see, you remember, like, there's so many highlights of Vince Carter's dunk contest and then, like, R- Jason Richardson and uh, and then, like, you know, Michael Jordan. The one versus- in Toronto. Uh, yeah, even Aaron Gordon versus Zach Levine, like Michael Jordan versus Dominique uh, Wilkins. There's just so many great moments. And now this is what it's kind of come to where it's like you don't really have any young talent. And I hope I'm hoping next year that kind of the tide changes because uh, someone like Zion should be in it. And yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, Anthony Edwards is a great name as well to have in there. Yeah, I think. What was that? What was I was just about to say? Oh yeah, the dunk contest is like the most exciting of the All Star festivities, and it has the potential to be. But they've kind of just—it's kind of just been wasted. Yeah, I mean, like the three-point contest is is fun to watch, but yeah, like you have great players doing that. I think the only namely player that opted out of that was Lillard. Yeah. But like the dunk contest is by far the most exciting, and then you ruin it with. I mean, I'm not saying these guys aren't talented, but like I'm a casual fan and I know two, I hardly know two of them. And I've yeah. never heard of the third guy. Yeah, so. like even last year, they had at least Aaron Gordon in again. And that was a last year. But this speaks to the dunk contest in general. When I was at work, we were doing the festivities for the weekend and we had a dunk contest. And 
easily everyone was more most interested in the dunk contest. And some of that had to do with the fact that Derek Jones Jr. and uh, Aaron Gordon were kind of going crazy. And uh, that's when Aaron Gordon jumped over Taco Fall at the end. Oh, yeah. And Dwayne Wade famously gave him, I think he gave him like an eight or something. It was, it wasn't, I think it might've been a nine, but it wasn't, a, it should have been a 10 and it wasn't a 10. Yeah. They, they, the judges kind of agreed Dwayne Wade kind of snaked out him on whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But anyways, my point <laughs> being that like that was, it was easily the most exciting event. And uh, I don't know. It's, I, I just hope that this isn't a, the sign of a slower demise for this because uh it is I know I know even as a kid like I was way more interested in the dunk contest than anything else so yeah yeah I mean thinking I guess thinking about it this year because of COVID you're not gonna have a packed uh crowd or stadium or building yeah that's one of the most fun parts too is like when you have all the players there and they're going crazy like the the Toronto dunk contest when everyone was going nuts and same with the Vince Carter one. And yeah, those are, those are some of the best moments that, that could be why these players, that could be another reason, I guess, why these players aren't really interested in doing it. And then for these young guys to jump in and say, Hey, yeah, might as well get my Mm -hmm. name out there and, you know, maybe make a name for myself through this dunk contest. So I guess that's, I guess that's another point, but I don't know. Point being, yeah. it's, it's a waste of a dunk contest this year. And it probably shouldn't even be happening this year anyways, but whatever. Yeah, that's so. a whole another story. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> but anyways, we'll move on from that. Staying with the NBA, though, I wanted to talk about James Harden and Oof. the Houston Rockets deciding to retire his jersey. I don't like this idea. What do you think? Well, why, why don't you like it? Do you? Okay. Well... I don't know. I just think Harden didn't have any success with the Rockets. I mean, yes, he went to the... Okay. The Rockets went to the playoffs all eight years that he was there. Mm-hmm. They only made two conference finals appearances. Yeah. So, yes, it's a fantastic that he, that he led them to playoffs every year that he was there, but they had no success right. in the playoffs. Also, they had, to, they had to battle against the Warriors dynasty. They got beat out by the Warriors four of those eight times in the playoffs. But I think winning a championship is what defines success in the NBA. So that being said, James Harden didn't have success with the Rockets. Yeah, I think, well, I mean, I, I don't I don't think that's necessarily fair because I think he also, he changed the course of that franchise. Like before he was there, Daryl Morey, uh, president of the team or no he was ge- just general manager of the team he was kind of he was really struggling with what they had there and they didn't have uh, that this was after Yao Ming and Tracy McGrady those years and he was really struggling to get another star and then he happened to just like OKC was just selling him kind of for no real reason and uh, not for no real reason but it was it was dumb and they were able to get him and he helped change the course of that team and snagged them Dwight Howard as well you also have to remember that they were the most competitive team in a time when no one was competitive with the Warriors like that Warriors team with Kevin Durant Draymond Clay Steph no one was stopping them and they took them to seven games in 2018 which is insane to think about because that team is so insanely good and it was an all-star team 
the, those starters like they were an all-star team yeah so there's there's so i i and the way that it ended with james harden i don't think i think it's hard to place a blame on someone for that i i don't think he handled it well and i don't think the team really handled it very well are you talking about like at the end before he was traded yeah i but i do think his number deserves to be retired there just because of the impact that he had on that team and i think as the the city as a whole like they were he every houston was crazy about james harden it was insane and uh he really like he was a international star like for i think he he was like really big in china too yeah so he's he he's really changed i'll give you this i i imagine that the leafs have retired how many numbers since 1967 yeah, I, as soon as i said that i started thinking about that but <laughs> yeah, yeah keep going so try on. telling like a leafs fan that someone like matt sundin's number doesn't get to deserve to be retired and uh countless other players uh i imagine doug gilmore's number is retired and uh yeah so th- th- james harden I, I, he has a similar impact as those guys and uh and it is deserving i just think that right now Tillman Fertitta. I don't know if they plan on doing it for the actual game itself or if they're planning on doing it like later on. Uh, if they're going to do like a ceremony, I think that would be horribly awkward and kind of an insult to him because I think he deserves to have his number retired with a big crowd. You know? Yeah, I agree. I think that's yeah, that's a good point. And also, like you were mentioning with, you know, Matt Sendine and Doug Gilmore. James Harden is the franchise leader in three pointers made, assists, triple doubles, free throws. The leader, the franchise leader in points is Hakeem. Yeah. So Harden's only behind him, but I, I'm not like upset about it. <laughs> but I just yeah, think... no, I can tell it's it's a good point to bring up because I think it's something that I think we do now in this day and age. We celebrate players on teams more than I think we should. Like I remember. Uh, when Matt Duchesne got traded in 2019 from the Senators to, uh, I can't remember what team it was. Uh, do, do you know what team he was traded from, from the Senators in 2019? Nashville? Yeah, it was, I think it was Nashville. I was going to say that. But anyways, he got traded and that same day, Nashville, the team he was traded to was playing in Ottawa. And they gave him a video tribute. And it was like, Matt Duchesne was there for a year, hardly even a year. Uh, they gave up incredible draft assets for him. That team was horrible. And yet they gave him a video tribute after one year. Like he did nothing. Why would you, why did you give him a video tribute? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> and he yeah. also like that trade ruined your team for a year. Like you got no draft compensation. Like you didn't have a draft pick and you were a terrible team. And it was just like, that's just the one I always think about. Like, why are we celebrating him? Like, does anyone care? And uh, so I, the, the number retiring stuff is just, it's getting a little loosey-goosey for my liking. <laughs> no, I agree. That's pretty wacky for the Sens to do that. Especially, I know. Well, I mean, Duchesne was, he was on the team, that Ottawa team that made it to the 2017 Conference Finals, right? And no. then got traded. Oh, he wasn't? I don't think so. I think he was only there for the year. It was like 2018-19. Okay, well, regardless, we both agree that he didn't do enough for the franchise to deserve a video tribute. 
and uh even like a guy like kevin durant getting his number retired in in uh golden state like i get he was the finals mvp two years but i don't know he's only there for three years and he basically used you as a vessel just to get a championship so yeah i mean that one's certainly more debatable <laughs> than yeah. the douche but anyways um i want to i want to talk about the jj watt signing with the cardinals uh, this was announced on Monday, two years, $31 million, 23 of which is guaranteed. It was very funny leading up to him signing. So on Monday, Barstool Sports posted a picture on Instagram of what was supposedly J.J. Watt's Peloton bio. Peloton being okay. that the bike, the stationary bike yeah. account. And the bio stated, it was like Super Bowl 57, dot, dot, dot. Green Bay, Cleveland, Buffalo, like their abbreviation of those three teams. So everyone was like, oh, wow, like J.J. Watts narrowed it down to three teams. J.J. Watt tweeted at 11.54 a.m. saying, I don't own a bike, stop. And then less than an hour later at 12.46, he signed with Arizona. Well, I guess at 12.46, he po- he tweeted another picture saying, source me, with a picture of him wearing a Cardinals yeah, shirt. Isn't um, he like lifting weights? Yeah, he was. Right. Yeah. Anyways, I thought that was super funny that people sort of were like, oh, my goodness. Like, yeah, look at this. Look at this update. And then all of a sudden, Arizona comes out of nowhere and signs him. So, I mean, Arizona's missed the playoffs five years in a row. J.J. Watts pretty well. He's all in on uh, Kyler Murray. He texted him after he was signed saying, I'm here because I'm here because I believe in you. But it was a big surprise to a lot of people because of favorites, like I said, there were Cleveland, Buffalo, Green Bay, and even Pittsburgh. Right. I talked about Pittsburgh a couple uh, shows yeah. ago because J.J. Watt's his brothers. Two brothers. On the yeah, his, yeah, both his brothers play for that team. Mm. Um, but yeah, he's reuniting with his former teammate, DeAndre Hopkins, who also signed with Arizona last year. He's reuniting with the defensive coordinator, Vance Joseph, who was on the Texans coaching staff for Watt's first three seasons as a Texan. So big stuff, big rumblings in the NFL. Yeah, I, they're kind of on the come up. It's uh, at least for the past like uh, year, like they got DeAndre. It's just another big addition for them. Like they got DeAndre Hopkins last year and now they're getting J.J. Watt. And uh, uh, I can't say whether or not they need a defense or offense, but. Maybe um, a little bit of both. Probably, but, um, uh, you know. The Seattle's in their division, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, and they're, that's and they're getting weaker, and they don't have much of an offensive line. And <laughs> that's uh, that's a good point you bring up because uh, Russell Wilson. There's been lots of drama in the Seahawks locker room because of right. Russell Wilson has supposedly. I don't know. There's been rumors that he's asking for a trade, but he was quoted he saying went, that yeah. he is getting hit too much. He's getting sacked too much. And right. now you're adding J.J. Watt to the division yeah. along with Aaron Donald, who is also a right. three-time defensive player of the year. Yeah, that so. division has the potential to be a lot of fun, especially because the Rams got Stafford now too, which I don't know if that really changes them completely, but it'll at least be interesting to see Stafford on an actual good team. And uh, now with the Cardinals adding J.J. Watt, I don't know about their coach. Uh, I believe their coach is Kingsbury. Um, yes. I know he's gotten, I think he's gotten some heat over the past year. It was his first year last year. Uh, but it's at least, I think it's uh, It's going to be at least interesting to watch. Uh, 
especially with someone like Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. And it's uh, that division has the potential to be a lot of fun. And I kind of hope that Seattle keeps Wilson and kind of still tries to build. I'm not sure what their current course trajectory is. They keep disappointing everyone every year. So but it's uh, it's a it's an interesting division. Yeah, that division has been very competitive for the last few years. Seattle has been actually one of the better teams in the NFL for the you know, course of the last six or seven years. I'd say 10 years. Almost. I was going to say decade, but I think I don't think Wilson's been there for a decade. He's yeah, still pretty he, young. Yeah, I think it was 2012, 2013. But. Yeah, so we're getting close, but that division is going to be even more exciting than it has been for the last few years. Yeah, even the 49ers, like they made the Super Bowl two years ago. So who knows? Yeah, exactly. So we're just about out of time, John, but I'm going to end with one more on this day in history because I know you love them so much. And this includes a little bit of baseball for you baseball fans out there and yourself, John. So all the way back in baseball off the top and the back and the end. Yes. So all the way back in 1913, the New York Yankees host spring training in Bermuda. What? Becoming the first MLB team to train outside of the USA. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Time Out with Troy. Thanks for listening, everyone, and stay safe.